Doing? Hey folks, Zach Ostrom here, IU Insider, Indianapolis Star. It is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. Uh, forgive me. Um, still turning my brain on. This is Mind Your Banners. It's a Mind Your Banners special. You know we love Mind Your Banners specials. And uh, this one is more special than most. We have a longtime friend of the podcast uh, who maybe, even if he doesn't know he's a friend of the podcast, he predates the podcast, Kyle Hart, former IU pitcher. Um, and what were you, what were your years? 11 through 14, 11 through 15. Is that right? Well, my first fall was 11. And then I graduated in 16 because I have a red shirt with Tommy John. Okay. That's right. That's right. That was a bit- um, a member of the weekend staff for the 2013 among, among other things, uh, among other uh, many accomplishments in college, a member of the weekend staff for the 2013 uh, college world series team that will be on campus this weekend, celebrating the 10 year anniversary of that obviously um, historic run for Indiana baseball. And I think it's fair to say, and I'm, I'm not just blowing sunshine at anybody. Um, one of the more transformative teams that I think I've ever covered in, in any IU sport, frankly, in terms of, you know, where, that team took its sport and the trajectory of its sport at Indiana moving forward. And so uh, the first thing I'm going to do, Kyle, is is the cliche thing and just ask you, I guess, about, you know, especially maybe if you've allowed yourself to kind of think about this weekend as its approach, the, the stuff that stands out to you 10 years, the stuff that maybe still sticks with you the most or, or is clearest in your memory 10 years later about that group and, and that season, I recognize, you know, there's probably a lot, but maybe the, the things that, have come up the most when you really started thinking about it more. Yeah, I think what's wild about it is it's been 10 years, which obviously as you get older, you realize how quickly time truly does pass. Um, that's probably the number one most shocking thing right now is that it has been 10 years since we, you know, stepped foot in Omaha. Um, but what what really stands out is just how when you look back on that season, you, you can really – you can really recall how that season just snowballed in, in, in a good way. Um, I, I remember the first time we took batting practice on Bart Kaufman. Um, it was probably like a warm February day in 2013. And we were all just so happy to have a new stadium um, and to be off of, of, of the hill that was Sembauer. And I think that was one of the greatest joys we had as a team was just like, wow, we have our own place. It's really nice you know, they did a great job designing it and putting it in. Um, and I know a lot of the generations before us had been frustrated with maybe not getting to play in a new place. So for us, we were just so thrilled. And then from there, um, you know, obviously all the accomplishments that that team had were phenomenal, but I just, I think people, I think people from the outside looking in realize, you know, now how talented that team actually was when you look back and and you can go through the names on that roster. But I think the one thing that as players, when we look back, we're, we're, we're still a little bit frustrated that we weren't able to, to do a little bit more in the college world series. Cause I think that was the number one feeling that we had right away was, well, we're definitely not only good enough to be here. We, we could have beat pretty much anybody here. And I think that was, you know, displayed um, in the games that we played. And, and and really, we were we were in a position to win every single game in that World Series. So it's a lot of fun to <clears throat> now go and like this year, just watching LSU and, and those Florida teams, like those those guys play, see how talented they are. And 
and realize like, hey, that that was us. And and we were those guys 10 years ago. I was sitting here looking through the schedule and I don't think you guys lost a game at home until April 7th against Illinois. Um, your first home game is a 15 to one win over Miami. The second home game is that six to two over Louisville, obviously at a time when that rivalry was really kind of peaking. And you mentioned the stadium and and how much that season snowballed, how much of, I mean, I recognize it wasn't just the stadium, but almost just kind of this confluence of, you know, by the time you played a game at home, you guys had already beaten Georgia Southern. You'd already beaten Coastal. You'd already beaten Louisville once. You played Louisville like eight times that year. It was wild. Yeah. Um, you, you'd taken the series at Florida. And so there's already this momentum building. And then you're going to have fans who are excited by the results, fans who are curious about the stadium. And so then suddenly these crowds start showing up. And I can remember by the time the weather got warm, that place was selling out for, it felt like every weekend game. Just how much was that kind of all, when you talk about it snowballing, that sense of, I don't think anybody was surprised you guys were a good team after the previous season, but the fact that it just it just kept sort of stacking up, whether it was the wins, whether it was the fan interest, whether it was the excitement around a, a new park, just how much it just seemed like everything just kind of kept exploding on itself and getting bigger. Yeah, I mean, it was like every week somebody was doing something, you know, cooler than, than we had done last week. So I, I still remember, um, first of all, Louisville the year before was beating the brakes off of us, like to the point that I think we lost. We can go back and look, but I think we give up 20 runs to Louisville my freshman year up at Simbauer. And then I think we went to Louisville and they might have scored another 20 runs like Louisville embarrassed us my freshman year. And then I think Coach McDonald and their staff down there just had no idea what hit them the next few years, um, which was which was really fun because that was a really big rivalry. Um, I still remember after my freshman year in the Big Ten tournament, we lost to Kevin Pulecki's, uh Purdue team. We had a little a uh, little scuffle with them, if you recall, but it was a really competitive. I, I, I do recall. I think I think everyone recalls. Yeah, it was a very competitive tournament for us, even though we were young. And I remember getting in the elevator after the game and like tensions were obviously very high. And uh, one of the Purdue moms said to us in the elevator, hey, you like they had just won the tournament. And we're going to a regional and they looked at us and said, this is going to be you guys next year and maybe the year, the years to come. Like, you guys are going to be a regional team. We can tell. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what you're talking about. I'm just happy that we had a good season, you know. And then just looking back and that comment that she she kind of – that kind of left a mark on me um, going forward. And, and I think that was something that we were very proud of was – the, the field and, like you said, the draw that, that we started to get from the fans and, and just the support that we had from the community because I use a basketball school, right? Some years you could you could argue it's a football school and several years it's been a soccer school, right? And um, so there were some programs that had, you know, a lot of stature uh, around the university and we, we hadn't really been one of them. And then to become one of the top programs, we felt like, um, just, you know, that comes with a great deal of pride, uh, amongst us to represent the university, represent our families and our coaching staff, um, just to, just to get on a roll and, and kind of dominate the big 10 and, and go on and show out in the national stage. This is one of those loaded reporter questions, but, you know, I, I can remember sitting in 
the the press box and, and Aaron Fit, who is now D1 baseball at the time, it was Baseball America was there. It was it was me and Dustin DePirac and Aaron. And you guys beat Louisville that night, I think six to two, seven to two, something like that. And you know, we kind of said to Aaron, like, what do you think of this team? He goes, I'll be honest, you know, they've they've got, I mean, they look like an Omaha team to me with with the lineup, with, you know, obviously that was a year where I think it, you guys really started knocking out the midweeks like you hadn't. Yeah. In, in, yeah. Previous years, I mean, was there ever a moment? I can even remember the the board somewhere in the locker room that said like one of the goals was to go to Omaha. But was there ever a moment where that became real for you guys in the sense of looking around and saying, you know, this isn't just a oh we're a, we're a good Big Ten team. This isn't just a we've got a nice little thing going. It's it's the it's the rotation depth at the weekend. It's the bullpen. It's we're winning these midweek games, you know, the RPI is where it is. And I know you're probably not worried about all this, but like, was yeah. is there ever a moment in that season where you guys collectively sort of recognized that's a very realistic outcome for us to, to go to Omaha? Yeah, it, it, for, you know, for sure. Um, the one thing that for me personally, like I didn't understand everything that was going on, which probably helped. Like I just kind of got lost in in the games and in, in the reports and like who I was pitching against. So all of the other stuff was actually just noise because I, I like I said, I didn't understand it. I didn't try to understand it. Um, so RPIs, like strength of schedule, that that kind of stuff didn't make sense to me as a, as a freshman and a sophomore. Um, so when we started like getting ranked and kind of building momentum, I was really not concerned about it but i would say when we started when we started stacking up with louisville really well and like beating them and all of a sudden we're in a midweek game and they're bringing in their best bullpen arms and like we're beating them i would say that that um that was a big indicator for me but for for me really when i um when we won the Big Ten tournament after losing the semifinal game to nebraska i think it was like 14 innings or something and we had a depleted bullpen and then we came back the next day and beat them for the big 10 tournament. That, that was kind of when I knew like, okay, now we're going to a regional, but this feels a little bit different, right? It feels like we're, we're, we're not just going to a regional, right? We were, we were hosting one and I thought we had a real chance of, of making it to a super regional and just kind of seeing what happened from there. What was that regional? I want to ask you about the, the regional first. Just what was that regional like? There's obviously the the comeback against Valpo. Um, I've I've never seen a pitcher throw as overhand as as Cole Webb threw that night. I, I'm I'm still not convinced he had a, a human rotator cuff. Yeah. Um, but just that you know it 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 almost felt at least to us you know again sitting in the press box like it was just about sort of breaking the glass of getting that one win because after that I mean. I think the next two were something like six to one and then like 15 to four, or maybe it's the other way around. But, but the only game that was really close for you guys that weekend was that Valpo game, obviously big crowds and everything like that. Um, just, I mean, what was, what was that regional? Like, was there ever a moment where maybe there was, you guys got a little too tense. You got a little too sort of like, Oh man, we're here now. There's expectation on us. It's, it stops being sort of like, Oh, Indiana, look at this. They're a great story. And it starts being, Hey, you're expected to go take care of this. Or, or was it just kind of one of those baseball things where you just needed to be patient and wait for the big hit? Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of both. I mean, as somebody that wasn't playing in that, in that particular game, like obviously you're, 
you're almost feeling more emotions than the guys that are on the field because those guys are just so focused on their job that that it's you almost you almost don't even let yourself feel anything. So it's it's worse being in the dugout. That's one of the cons of a starting pitcher, in my opinion. So I would say like eighty percent of me, even when we were losing really late in that game, and Chad Clark makes an error. I was nervous, but I would say 80% was still confident and 20% was like very anxious and unsettled. Um, And that's not always the case. That's just a testament to how good our team was and like how we would find a way to win no matter what the situation was. Um, And then obviously once we won that game, it it was, it, it was like we had, we had elevated to another kind of to another level. Like we had, when you can win a game like that in that kind of situation, you can you can you can do anything. Um, and that was another kind of etch in our belt or another milestone, if you will, to where I knew that this was just a, a different. Not only do you have the talent and the momentum, but you maybe you have some fate or some luck or karma or whatever you want to call it on your side. Um, I got to ask about the Florida. The, the super regional at Florida state. And I know you and I have talked about this for stories I've written before. Um, I think it is, it is fair to say Indiana was not perceived in Tallahassee as a real threat. Um, I can remember talking to, you know, friends of mine who either covered Florida state or even just a couple of friends who, you know, I mean, I grew up in the South. I knew who went to FSU or just followed FSU baseball there was a real sort of like, hey, Indiana's had a great year. It's a shame it's got to end kind of feel going into that series. And then I think everybody's talked about the home run that Kyle Schwarber hits over the circus tent or whatever it was in right field. And and that there was, you know, a, a, a barometer change in the stadium when maybe Florida State fans and, and maybe even Florida State as a team realized kind of what they were up against. Just, I mean, what was that that series like? For you guys, and those two games were wild, 10 to 9, 11 to 6, you know, tons of momentum swings. And, you know, you go back and look through those rosters. There's pros on both sides and everything, draft guys who got drafted on both sides. Um, but what was that that series like for you guys in terms of maybe that being, whether it was intended or not, whether you talked about it or not, a moment when, you know, you were able to sort of make the country stand up and recognize that you weren't just kind of a, a feel good story or, or anything like that. Anyone who, anyone who had this impression, I don't think Indiana fans felt this way, but anyone who had this impression that this was just kind of one of those big 10 teams that was going to flame out when they ran into a tough Southern team or a tough Western team. It, I mean, it's fair to say that probably got dispelled pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, you, it's almost like a theme every year, whether it be the NCAA basketball tournament or, or, the college world series, it seems like seemingly every year there's a team like Indiana, maybe even a smaller school that, that puts a serious run on it. Um, it kind of started, Oh, it's been going on forever, but you know, Stony Brook and coastal Carolina, like some of those teams have really pulled off some, some major moves late in the season. And I think we were the team that year. Um, I remember going in to eat breakfast the first day that we were in Tallahassee and how nice, the people were to us because they knew that we weren't going to win and they were just very supportive that we were there. And, and uh, they were, it was just so strange how nice they were being, you know, you would assume in those circumstances, 
any normal fan would not be super kind to the opposing team that was coming in for a super regional. I, I truly thought that, you know, I felt like they didn't think we had a chance, which was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, what ended up happening was kind of crazy, right? You have Luke Weaver starting game one, I think, who ended up being an outstanding, you know, outstanding prospect and a good big league pitcher. And, and to go in and to just have an absolute slugfest game one, I think that probably rattled those guys a little bit. Um, and I'd argue that the ball Sam Travis hit over the scoreboard in left field, I think it might have been game two, was even further than the one Kyle hit. Um, but, yeah, you, you just have to tip your hat to, to really both offenses in that series, but our offense just did a little bit more. And that's kind of that was kind of our theme all year, right? It's like as a pitching staff, we knew we just needed to keep the game in check because we had so many – big bats in that lineup and guys that were underrated for their whole careers virtually that could just, you know, put the ball in the gap, put the ball over the fence, drive people in. And, and I, I just was so proud of our offense that series because they, they carry us. I mean, they really, they really did. You talked about Omaha, you get the win over Louisville and then the two close losses. And, and you talked about, you know, feeling you guys all feeling like you you could have done more. That if you know if, if breaks kind of go maybe a different way, it goes longer. But this is very much one of those loaded reporter questions. I think that the flip side is, you know, not just getting to Omaha win, but winning a game there, being so competitive there. I mean, do do you guys ever allow yourselves to sort of think about? It feels like almost that was kind of the final, you know, that was kind of the final brick in the wall of the idea that that this team wasn't just going to be a really good team that came together for a year or two, won a lot of games and then broke apart just because, you know, that's the nature of college baseball, but it was going to be a team that kind of cemented the idea that Indiana could be good at baseball and that baseball could be something that Indiana poured resources into, you know, supported the like a successful program and, and made itself a school that was going to take, you know, baseball and being competitive, not just in the big 10, but nationally seriously in baseball. Um, I mean, do you guys ever, is there is there ever any sort of allowing yourself, whether it was then or certainly now, to kind of think about that's you know that's what we did. There have been other good teams, obviously other you know other teams that had guys that were drafted, guys that made it to the majors, all those different things. But you know that one being the one that almost the, it felt like sort of again like the final you know like the punctuation mark was going to Omaha, winning in Omaha, being so competitive in Omaha to say this is something that can be sustained in Indiana, not necessarily going to Omaha every year. I recognize that's difficult, but Indiana has a right to expect to be good at this kind of level going forward in a way that can be sustained for years. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best part, right? I mean, and that's not something that it's as a, as an 18 or 20 year old kid, it's, it's very hard to, you know, step back and say, Hey, let's do this for the kids that are going to come in in 10 years. Right. I mean, that's a very mature thought process. And obviously like Tracy and then Chris Lamone, those guys were really, and I know Jeff too, like those guys were always saying, leave the program better than you found it. But I, I know that's a common thing that's, that's said in that locker room. And I can honestly say that, you know, we, we, we definitely did that. And like I said, that that's probably the, one of the things that we're most proud of is that, Kids across the country have an opportunity to come to a great school, to a great baseball pro program, you know, be developed 
into the best player that you can be, whether that's a, a, a professional or a major league player or whatever. And you have all the resources you need to do it. And I think, you know, the best example of that is like you look at the world, uh, the NLCS, you know, we have, we have a pitcher and a hitter facing off both from IU. And that's the kind of stuff that, that Vanderbilt and LSU do, you know, that's not the stuff, the stuff that big 10 teams do every single year, right. To have, players from multiple teams in the NLCS or in the world series. And I think that's, you know, obviously Kyle has found himself in a lot of postseasons, but you look at a guy like Slagers and, and, you know, Scott Efros, if, if he doesn't get hurt, like he's, he's on a trajectory to be. So it's, it's almost becoming a theme to where we we're developing guys to, to not only succeed at the professional level, but, but, you know, get deep into major league postseasons. And I think that's the goal of every, every player that's ever stepped foot in, in that locker room. So I think, like I said, that is, that is the best thing that, that ever happened, you know, going to the world series and then following up with a great year in 2014 and just vaulting that program into a place that, you know, coaches and players alike and families, they seek out to, to come join the IU community. One last question. I'll let you go uh, uh, check in on all your various Skyline franchises before you uh, hit the road for Bloomington this weekend. But um, kind of in that vein, you, you talk about it a little bit there. Just, you know, I mean, w- what does it mean to you now? Again, it, it's, you know, thinking it, it's been 10 years. It's kind of one of those milestones where maybe, you know, people allow themselves to, to, to step back and see the bigger picture a little bit. Just what does it mean to you guys as a group, you individually, you guys as a group to see, you know, what's, what's going on, you know, players have come and gone, coaches have come and gone, but the consistent thread has been that Indiana has remained the sort of place where, as you talk about, it's, it's not just a winning at a big 10 level. It's expecting to be in the tournament. It's expecting to see guys drafted, you know, high in the the, the draft and put in positions where they're going to wind up making their way through the minors and guys are going to get to the pros. And I mean, if you go on like the baseball reference, you know, Indiana Hoosiers page or whatever, um, you know, something like 40, 50% of the guys that have made the majors from the program have basically since 2012, 2013, kind of your time. Just, I'm not asking you to speak for an entire team, but just what does it kind of mean maybe for you guys as a group that, you know, that that was in many ways, you know, one of the, if not the starting point, certainly one of the big sort of mile markers in the progress of Indiana becoming the program it has. Yeah, I think when you're speaking, you know, purely from a baseball standpoint, like measuring the success of the players, it's not only whether they got drafted or whether they, you know, made the major leagues. Um, I think that's that's a very easy, you know, black and white way of 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 doing it. But I think just we have a lot of great guys that came through that program that are very successful. Um families have sprawled out across the United States. So it's like the, the, the strength of the men that come out of IU's baseball program is, is, you know, far and above probably its strongest kind of asset. So I, I think the baseball is great. And, and I, I think if Jeff this weekend, like he, he's just trying to create better people and better men. And that's always going to be number one for him. I think Chris Limonis and Tracy were the same way. And I think that's the foundation of a good culture and, and a big reason why the program is where it's at. So, um, but I definitely think, you know, and again, this is a question for Jeff. He probably feels more pressure than anybody to, to develop these, these kids and, and succeed at a high level because he knows that he knows what they're capable of. And, 
he knows what it takes to be at the top of the Big Ten uh, every year. And so as alumni, as guys that, you know, have have done it, we do expect a lot from them, but we also know how difficult it is and how 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 much hard work that, you know, him, the staff and the players are, are putting into it. And we just we're 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 glad to watch him. He sends us updates, you know, probably biweekly, maybe monthly during the season and the off season. So we're like as alumni, we're very caught up with what's going on. I mean, he lets us know, like down to the to the detail, sometimes the the pitching rotation. And it's just it's really cool that we feel like we're a part of, of the program. And I think he feels a great responsibility to keep us in the loop, um, which just kind of shows the respect that he has for for the team and the guys that kind of laid the foundation. So, um, yeah, we're just we're pumped for him this year. And, and uh, it's going to be good to be back in Bloomington for a couple of days. He's Kyle Hart, um, Indiana pitcher, and the man I'll be standing behind if Schwarber is here this weekend and realizes uh, how much shit I was talking about the Phillies on Twitter during the playoffs. Uh, thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us. This has been Mind Your Banners, Mind Your Banner special. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll be back probably, I imagine, sometime over the weekend to talk about the basketball exhibition and the football game. It's going to be a busy weekend in Bloomington. It is a busy time of year, needless to say. Thank you all for listening. For the Indianapolis Star, I'm Zach Osterman. We'll talk to you soon.